You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Tonight, I want to talk to you tonight about being a difference maker, being a difference maker. So uh, we're going to continue our verse by verse study in the book of Philippians. Chapter number two is where we find ourselves and Uh, Beginning in verse number 19, the Bible says, But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you, that I also may be of a good comfort when I know your state. For I know no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. But ye know the proof of him, that as he is a son with the Father, hath served with me in the gospel." Him, therefore, I hope to send presently, so soon as I shall see how it will go with me. But I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. So I wonder tonight, when you think about being a difference maker, and we're going to study about a man that was a difference maker in the Bible tonight, and uh, I wonder if you can just think of some people that have made a difference in your life, some people that have been a difference maker for you. Um, And I can certainly think of so many people that have uh, made an impact and, and made a difference in my life. And I don't only want to thank those that have uh, been a difference maker in my life, I also want to be a difference maker. And I hope that you do too. And I want to tell you something. I believe that God wants you to be a difference maker. He wants you to make a difference in the lives of someone else, Uh, whether it's, uh, you know, as as broad as the world or even as narrow as down to the family, making a difference in the life of someone else. In Jude chapter 1, verse 22, the Bible says, And of some have compassion, making a difference. So as we continue, I hope that you want to be a difference maker, but I promise you God wants you to be a difference maker. And as we study a little bit about the life of Timothy tonight in the book of Philippians, we're going to find a man that was a difference maker. Over the last couple of weeks, we've seen, uh, you know, kind of famously or infamously, some very selfish and self-serving attitudes that have been on display as people have, uh, you know, fought over toilet paper, uh, that have hoarded food and hand sanitizer, things of that nature. Um, but this shouldn't be true of God's people. We have an opportunity to find joy in making a difference. And uh, really tonight, I want to say I appreciate all those that are. Uh, one of the great encouragements throughout the course of uh, the, the cur- current state in our country with the coronavirus and everything is the fact that people are looking to make a difference, that people are, uh, you know, reaching out and, you know, going across Facebook and different platforms to get the gospel out and people that are just being good to their neighbors and trying to contribute to their communities. So I appreciate all of you out there that are trying to be difference makers. Uh, but we find a man here that is a great example of this. Um, but I would say that as a general rule in our society, uh, sacrifice and service are ancient virtues that somehow do not fit into our modern Nietzsche-influenced civilization. But times like this oftentimes does bring this out in people where people are willing to start looking out for one another. It's worth noting that even in Paul's day, uh, mutual concern was not a popular virtue. Uh, they, they were having problems in Rome, but there was a need in Philippi. But people were so caught up in the problems that they were having that they forgot to think about the problems of others. And in this case, this was the Philippian church. Uh, so, but against a backdrop of sometimes selfishness and self-serving and not being willing to think and look at other people, we find two ordinary men 
that Paul points out in his service. One is Timothy, the other one is Aphroditus. And we're going to tonight look at Timothy, but these are two men, they're extraordinary, uh, they were extraordinary examples of men who made an impact on their generation. And the cool thing is, is that when you go through Philippians 2, as we've been doing, it starts off by talking about having the mind of Christ, how that Jesus Christ humbled himself, became obedient unto death, all of these things. And it says, let that mind be in you. And so, boy, that seems pretty daunting as it says, hey, be like Christ. And of course, we understand that it's not just God uh, uh, divinity calling on our frail human nature and saying, okay, do your best to be like me. No, what he's saying is that he puts that power within us once we're saved by God's grace. But nevertheless, we look at the example of Christ and it can seem real daunting. Uh, Paul then goes to talk about the impact that uh, this principle and this mind has had in his life and how that he's tried to live by the mind of Christ. But these are two examples, Christ and Paul, that are uh, just uh, larger than life. And of course, especially with, with the Lord Jesus Christ being God. But so he uses two real ordinary men, men that aren't apostles, men that aren't great miracle workers, men that just stuck with it, men that just cared, men that were willing to care. And I'm telling you, one of the uh, things about being a difference maker is if you can get that in your heart to try to make a difference, you'll, you'll begin to find a joy in that. Uh, and the book of Philippians is all about joy. Uh, it it's, it's, seems counterproductive. We think if we just look out for ourselves, look out for our interests, you know, always try to get, 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 and I'll always be just about me, uh, we sometimes think that would be the way. Then I can be happy if I'm focusing on myself. But folks, that's really not the case. Uh, we find true joy, true peace, when we're willing to sacrifice and serve and be a blessing to others and make a difference in the lives of others. So quickly as we get into these verses, we want to look, at, first of all, as of, of an example of true service. Listen, and we see, first of all, his calling. In verse number 19, the Bible says, But I trust the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you, that I also may be of a good comfort when I know your state. Uh, so let's learn a little bit about this man named Timothy. Uh, Timothy, his name actually means honored or valued of God. Honored of God or valued of God. Pretty cool title. Uh, and it also carries the idea of worshiping God. Honored or valued of God. Timothy is mentioned at least 24 times in the epistles. Paul probably met Timothy on his first missionary journey uh, and as he invaded the Galatian region with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. As he entered into Timothy's hometown of Lystra, Paul healed a crippled man and the townsfolks immediately sought to worship Paul and Barnabas, his partner, as they were coming through, and they wanted to worship them as gods. They thought that Paul was the incarnation of Mercury and that Barnabas was the incarnation of, um, of Jupiter. And so, uh, obviously, they didn't take that worship. Paul cleared things up and continued to preach the gospel. People began to be converted, and upon that, they were accused of heresy. And there's, this is a, a rather famous episode in the life of Paul. In Lystra is where Paul was stoned and left for dead. And I do believe that Paul died, and that's a whole other story there. But the Lord brought him back. But regardless of what happened there, he was stoned, and many people believe that he was actually uh, kind of convalesced, kind of healed, got better in the home of Timothy. We, you can read that in Acts 14 when Paul first gets 
to Lystra and Derbe. And then Acts 16 is where uh, we first read about Timothy. And at some time, we, we don't know for sure, but sometime in that first missionary journey, young Timothy was converted to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I just want to say something here right quick. Timothy was just a kid, basically, when he got saved and when he heard the gospel. And man, there's, there's something I really believe in that we emphasize here. Our church is blessed with so many uh, young folks, and, uh, but we don't believe that the youth are the church of tomorrow. We believe the youth are the church of today. We believe that God wants to use you right now. And, and God's using many young people in our church right now, and I'm so thankful for each of you. But, uh, but he was converted as a youth. Timothy's mother and grandmother had, were converted first, and we find out in 2 Timothy that his grandmother and his mom taught him the Scriptures from an early age. Uh, so the impact the Word of God made in his life. They taught him the Scriptures from the early age. Uh, he was the son of a Jewish mother and a Gentile father. But Paul always considered the young man his own dearly beloved son in the faith. Many believe that his dad had already passed away. When Paul returned to Derby and Lystra on his second missionary journey, that's when he enlisted young Timothy as one of his fellow laborers. And again, that's Acts 16, verses 1 through 4. In Timothy's experience, we learn that the submissive mind is not something that suddenly automatically appears in the life of the believer. So if you want to be a difference maker and follow the example of Christ, it's not just something that you say, okay, I'm going to do that, and then overnight you become that. It t does take some time, and we're going to look at the example and the development a little bit of this difference maker called Timothy tonight, and we're going to look at how God used him and how the, the characteristics that we find in his life are also some that uh, if we have in our life, we can be difference makers. It is worth noting at this point that there was another man that was a companion of the Apostle Paul by the name of Demas. Many believe that Demas was the one that was falling right in line to be kind of Paul's successor, to be his right-hand man, to make an impact and make a difference. Now, the name Demas, uh, we do not know very well. And I think there's a good lesson in that. His name is mentioned several times in the New Testament because he was a companion of Paul. But the Bible says in 2 Timothy 4.10 that Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. And so Demas got his eyes on the temporal, and as a result of that, he lost much of what he could have done in the uh, eternal and making a difference in the lives of people. He got to caring about his own self, so to speak. And so Timothy was a man that was called by God for this purpose. And I want to say something to, to each of us today. I believe that you are called. Uh, number one, if you're not saved, it is God's will for you to trust Christ as Savior. But if you are saved, it is the Lord's will for you. He, he, there's a calling on you to be a difference maker. Uh, and, and all throughout the Word of God, that's why we're here, to make an eternal impact and an eternal difference. Folks, I want what we do today to matter a million years from now. And the way that's going to, uh, we're going to do that is when we focus on making a difference for the glory of God. So we see his calling, but we also see uh, his compassion. In verse 20, uh, the Bible says, For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. Did you get that? Timothy cared. 
So Paul said, if there's a man that I need to come to this church that's in need, somebody to care, it's Timothy. And folks, I'll tell you, one of the greatest ways to make a difference is to care about people. You know, there's the old adage that people don't want to, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You know what? During this time, it, take the opportunity to show a genuine interest in people, a genuine care. You know, looking out for your family, looking out for your neighbor, looking out for, you know, we've, missionaries and others that are impacted during this time. Care. Care for somebody else. So we see he had care. He had compassion. And I love the word compassion. The word compassion is used in the, when Jesus describes the good Samaritan. The Bible says that when he saw that man that was beat down and trodden over, the Bible says he had compassion on him. And so when we think about him having compassion, what that literally means is that to suffer with. Passion means to suffer. C-O-M, come. The prefix means with. And so it's to suffer with. In other words, to feel the pain of others. Now, it's easy to say, oh, I feel your pain. But it's another thing to genuinely try to enter in and say, man, and, and think about the state of others. Again, just because you're all stocked up, uh, maybe your neighbor's not all stocked up right now, okay? Maybe, the, maybe there's an elderly person in our community that needs some help, that needs some care. Uh, I mean, you see, it's caring for other people. And so, uh, Timothy, he made a difference. Why? He had a genuine compassion. He had a genuine care. But not only that, he had a genuine commitment. Because notice what he says there again in verse number 20, For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for you. Verse 20, on, for all seek their own. He had a commitment. Now, Paul was in prison, but he had a lot of Christians in Rome, but he was calling on somebody. He was saying, hey, there, there's a need. We need some help. There's a group of people over here that need some help. But nobody was stepping up. Nobody was volunteering and saying, well, I'll go. I'll, I'll, I'll help take care of that need. But Timothy had a commitment. He was a volunteer, amen? He said, I will go. I'm telling you, listen, God, somebody said this about ability before, that one of the greatest abilities that God is interested in is availability. You know, sometimes you can sit back and say, well, what difference can I make? Uh, I'm not educated or I'm not gifted or, I'm, you know, I don't know the answers. I, I don't have much money. Listen, that's not the things you need to make a difference. You need to be available. I can remember when the Lord was first working on my heart uh, about uh, when he, after he called me into the ministry, I was preaching. And I'm telling you, I would get around to a bunch of different conferences, missions conferences, revivals, camp meetings. And it's a pretty common thing to where a preacher would get up and say, hey, we need missionaries in this country and we need evangelists in this field and, and we need pastors here. And I'm telling you, in my heart, I was always just like this. I'll go. I'll go. I, my hand was just up to God to say, Lord, I'll go anywhere you want me to go. And oddly enough, when he first laid on my heart to come to South Dakota, I said, well, I don't want to go there. <laughs> but, but, but anyway, but, so, but, he, but he worked on my heart and uh, being a volunteer. And so he had a commitment. And so uh, as we consider uh, Paul, um, th there's an interesting thing here as we consider Timothy, I'm sorry, and his commitment, his care and compassion. There's kind of an interesting thing here. I read verse 21 where it says, For all seek their own. For all seek their own. You know, again, that's kind of where I started the message at. We've seen a lot of that uh, with people seeking their own. Not the things which are Jesus Christ. 
And I believe that in a very real sense today, that people, that you out there, each of us, are living either in Philippians 1, chapter 1, verse 21, where the Bible says, For me to live is Christ. For me to live is Christ. What's your life about? Christ. What's your life about? Making a difference, caring, willing to help somebody else. For me to live is Christ. And when we look about Christ, what's the example of Christ? He's the one, the Son of God, that left heaven, left the glory and the splendor and the worship of the angels to come down and to lay down his life, to be, to be a poor man, to be despised and rejected. I mean, to be spat upon, to, 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 to be scourged, to have his beard ripped out. Why? Because he took all of our sins upon himself. The Bible says when he reviled, he reviled not again. I mean, at any moment he could have escaped all of that, but he willing, we went, willingly went through it. Why? Because the Bible says this. I love this. Who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. But he did it for the joy. And I believe that was you, and I believe it was me. And I also believe it was the joy that he finds in blessing you and me, saving us, blessing us, using us. I mean, the, the, the joy, I mean, the gift and the reward of service and sacrifice is kind of the service and the sacrifice itself. There's a joy that you find there that money just cannot buy. So, are you living with chapter 1, verse 21, for me to live as Christ? Or are you living in chapter 2, verse 21, where the Bible says, all seek their own, and not the things which are Jesus Christ? So there was a need there. Paul said, there's a need in Philippi. I need somebody to go. Timothy said, I'll go. Ephroditus said, Paul, I'll go. And I love that because I want to tell you that God is still looking for people to make a difference today. Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30, the Bible says, And I sought for a man among them that, I should, make, uh, that, should, uh, that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me in the land that I should not destroy it. But here's what God said, but I found none. I was looking for somebody to make a difference. I was looking for somebody to be willing to stand there and make a difference, to help somebody else, to stand in the gap and help somebody else. But I found none. But I like what the Bible says because God found one in Isaiah where the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 6 verse 8, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying unto me, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah said this, Then said I, Here am I, send me. Can you have that attitude? Can you pray that prayer tonight? If you can't, pray God will help you to pray that prayer. Because it's easy to look around at needs and be saying, well, boy, I sure wish somebody would help that person. I sure wish someone would make a difference in this other person's life and go help, you know. Uh, but why not you? Why don't you be somebody? <laughs> why can't I be somebody? I can be that somebody. I can try to make a difference there. Uh, and that's what he says. I will go. Here am I, Lord. Send me. Now, of course, Timothy had to overcome some things because, again, the point that we're making is um, Timothy was a man. He was an ordinary man just like you and me, an ordinary person just like us. And so he had things to overcome just like we have things to overcome. As I describe Timothy tonight, you may be thinking, well, man, I'm, I'm kind of lacking in this area and the other area. Well, so am I. 
But you know what we can do? We can let God do this work in us and cultivate this. And as we'll see in just a moment, it takes some time. But I believe that Timothy had to overcome fear. Uh, it seems often from the writings to Timothy from Paul that he had kind of a, uh, of a, of, of a disposition of a bit of, uh, uh, you know, some uh, trepid, uh, being trepid a little bit, being a little nervous, being uh, unsure of himself. But Paul wrote to him in 2 Timothy 1.7 and said, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So Timothy wasn't quite the same kind of guy that Paul was. He was a different guy. But I believe, that, I believe that Timothy had to overcome some fear. See, being courageous is not an absence of fear. It's really not. Being courageous is standing firm in the face of fear. It's dealing with our fears. It's a lot like peace. I mean, peace is not the absence of storms or troubles. It's peace right in the midst. It's a safety where we find God is our refuge, a very uh, present help in the time of trouble. So we see his example of service, but we see his example also of total service. So look again, verse 21, the Bible says, For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. So when Timothy come, you could be sure of one thing, he was looking to promote Jesus Christ. He was not lifted, looking to exalt himself. He was looking to exalt Christ and point people to Christ. Timothy did not come uh, uh, just to, uh, to support some divisive cause. He was not coming to promote any party. He was interested only in one thing, and that's the spiritual condition of God's people. It's like the Apostle Paul said uh, to the Corinthians. He said, I've determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And so he came with a single mind. So uh, he, he developed this concern. But now, how did Timothy get to this point? Okay, so we see, we see a little bit tonight. We see his commitment. We see his care and his compassion. But notice this. We see the cost the cost of being a difference maker. One thing you need to know for sure is that being a difference maker is going to cost you something. Now, this isn't the part of the show where we say send $19.99 or something, you know, uh, to this P.O. box or something. No, it does, it's not costing you uh, money in that way, but it's going to cost you some time. It's going to cost you some commitment. And it may cost us investing into the lives of others in, in, in ways like that. But in verse 22, here's what the Bible says. But as you know, the proof of him, the proof of him. So Paul's saying, I'm not just saying that this man is committed. I'm not just saying this man is compassionate and that this man cares. I'm telling you, you know the proof. You know the cost. You know that this man has paid the price. See, I think this is pretty cool because if it's true that Paul uh, led Timothy to the Lord on his first missionary journey... Isn't it interesting that Paul didn't say, okay, Timothy, come along right now, and I want you to come and start serving with me and be my right-hand man in the ministry. No. He left him to serve, the, serve and work in the local church at Derby and Lystra. In other words, uh, the, the years later, he came back, a few years later when he came back on his second missionary journey, the Bible says in Acts 16, verse 2, that Timothy was well reported of the brethren. So here's the thing. 
A lot of times somebody wants, you know, and I think about this especially in relation to the church and stuff. Sometimes somebody wants to come into the church and say, I'm a smart person, I'm a gifted person, so boy, I think I should just be, you know, a, a leader in the church, a leader in the ministry. But you know what Paul said? He's like, well, that's fine, Timothy. He, but Timothy didn't have that attitude as a young man. But the attitude he did have was this. Prove yourself. Work in the church. Be willing to do some things that other people don't want to do. I've seen throughout the years, thankfully, man, we've got a, a tremendous group of people here at Elk Point Baptist Church that, are, that, that have servants' hearts and, and are willing to work behind the scenes. It's, it's an awesome people. I often say about Elk Point Baptist Church, this church works because the people of this church work. Amen. They're willing to pay the price. We've got a lot of workers here. Uh, but for a lot of people I've known throughout the years, they say, oh yeah, I want to serve the Lord. But as soon as they find out that there's no place on the platform for them, up in front of everybody, being right out front leading, all of a sudden they change their mind about leading. But when we have the attitude of what needs to be done, I'll serve, I'll do what needs to be done. Uh, you know, I'll clean, I'll work, I'll work in uh, the senior ministry, I'll work in the youth ministry, I'll do whatever it is that needs to be done, I am there, I'm a volunteer, whatever needs to be done. And that's the kind of man that Timothy was. And he served faithfully in his local church there at Lystra. And as a result of that, when Paul came back, he was able to be used in the ministry. So there, there was a cost there. He was willing to pay the price. Um, and, and there's a good example of that. See, what happens a lot of times is people don't get their, their roots down deep, but they try to get spread out in the things they're doing. But if, what, what that's kind of like, it's like branches that go out further than the roots go deep. And when that happens, people topple. And so it's important. It's not just doing menial tasks for the sake of doing it, but it's just growing in the Lord learning what it is to really serve the Lord, learning what it is to make sure that we're doing what we're doing for the Lord, not for the applause of men. You know, when you serve the Lord, what is it like when you don't feel like you get the recognition you deserve? Well, if you think that way, that shows you some immaturity on your part because it needs not matter about the recognition. Why are you doing what you're doing? You should be doing what you sh you're doing. I should be doing what I'm doing for the glory of God. This is what he's called me to do. Uh, well, it's not popular, or, man, I'm not getting a lot of thanks and a lot of praise. I'm not getting a lot of likes for it, or I'm not getting a lot of shares, you know, or whatever. So what? I mean, listen, that's not the point. The point is, I just want to please the Lord. And so, whether it's recognized or not, uh, and I appreciate people that are willing to serve with that type of attitude and that type of capacity. Timothy was, and that's why God made such a difference in his life. So, uh, he, uh, he was an example of tested service. He was willing to pay the price. And then he also had a reward. Verse 23, the Bible says, Him therefore I hope to send presently, so soon as I shall see how it will go with me. But I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. Um, and so Timothy knew the meaning of sacrifice and service, but God rewarded his faithfulness. To begin with, he had the joy of helping others. And how many of you have found what it is to be the joy in helping others? It's been one of the coolest things uh, throughout my ministry. I think, for instance, the nursing home ministry is a really good example of this. And, of course, that's one of those things to where um, I can't go speak in the nursing homes right now, but because they're uh, shut out to uh, uh, your 
kind of closed to people just coming in and out. But you know what? We can still send letters there. There's other ways to work in the nursing home ministry. But I can think particularly of the times I've worked in the nursing home ministry pretty much uh, even before I was even preaching. And the whole idea there is a lot of times you're like, you know what, I want to go try to be a blessing to these folks that are, uh, you know, shutting the nursing home and, uh, man, they, they, they've served uh, their generation and, and here they are. And I want to go try to help those people and cheer those people up and be a blessing to them. But I'm telling you something that you'll find out if you go and you're thinking, I'm going to serve and be a blessing, you will leave blessed. That's the way it is. You serve, and it's just a blessing because you find some fulfillment. Don't believe this lie of just looking out for yourself, seeking your own. I'm telling you, you're going to come up so empty. It's one of the great paradoxes of Scripture, and there's many of them, but it's one of the great paradoxes of life. That if you go seeking your own and trying to fill yourself up, what you're going to find out is you're going to be emptier than ever. But if you're willing to empty yourself out in the service and the sacrifice of the Lord and of others, you're going to find yourself full. Why? Because the more you give out, the more the Lord puts in. Amen. God wants us to be rivers, not reservoirs. And so, uh, listen, Timothy had a lot of hardships. He had a lot of difficulties. And if you're going to serve and if you're going to be a difference maker, you're going to have difficulties. You're going to have hardships. It's not always going to be easy. But there's a lot of victories as well. Uh, because Timothy was a good and faithful servant, he was faithful over a few things. God rewarded him with many things. And that's one of the big keys with Timothy, and I'll say about making a difference. Be faithful in the little things. Once again, sometimes we think to ourselves, oh, this is a small matter, uh, I'm not very faithful in that, but I, I want to be faithful in something big. I want the opportunity, a big opportunity, and, and I'll be faithful in that. It's not going to work. If you're not being, win, will, being willing to be faithful and obedient in the small things, what makes you think that you're going to be faithful and obedient in the larger things? Think about that with your, your, your daily walk and devotion with the Lord. Oh, that's just a small thing, but no, the small things oftentimes are some of the greatest things. Uh, you know, it's just like people that don't put a lot of stock in. Oh, well, I tell a, a, a small, a little white lie, and I, you know, we, we excuse these small things in our life, and then we think we're going to emphasize the big. I'm telling you, that's not the way it works. If you're faithful in uh, the small things and the little things, God will bless you in the big things. But maybe one of the greatest rewards that God gave to Timothy is that God used Timothy to, re, to, to, to fall in behind Paul to be Paul's replacement. See, Timothy went to Philippi in Paul's place, but God had a bigger plan because he, he sent him to be Paul's servant, but soon he became Paul's substitute. His name is held in high regard today because young Timothy uh, was willing to serve and he, fo he followed in the footsteps of the Apostle Paul. What did he do? He made a difference. He continued to make a difference all the way till history tells us he was martyred for the cause of Christ. He paid the ultimate price, but he was willing. He made a difference. And again, what I mentioned earlier, Demas, we don't talk too much about today. Not too many Demases out there. There's a lot of Timothys, aren't there? And maybe some Timothys listening right now. But I'll tell you why this man made a difference. But Demas loved the, this present world. He, looked, he sought for his own things. He cared for his own things. Timothy cared for the things of Christ. And as a result of that, we're still talking about him today. 
It reminds me of a great example in the Scripture about the children of Israel. The Bible says that that generation that didn't believe God, that didn't follow God, that didn't obediently go into Canaan's land, God told, said that their carcasses would fall in the wilderness. Now, a carcass is an interesting term. It is a dead body, but it's more than just a dead body. It's an unidentified corpse, if you look up the meaning of carcass, an unidentified corpse. Now, among those, unidentified, among those that died in the wilderness were two that did not die in the wilderness, and that's Joshua and Caleb of that generation. We know Joshua and we know Caleb today. Once again, many of you out there named Joshua and Caleb, but they're popular people. Why? Because they made a difference. The other people were just blips on the radar. They died, their impact, they, 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 they died and they were soon forgotten. But people that make a difference, their legacy lives on. The difference they make lives on. And so, are you willing today to make a difference? There's a, there's a cost involved, but I'm telling you, it's, it's a, the greatest reward ever to serve the Lord and to make a difference. And I guess I'll close with this question tonight. Do you know the difference maker? Do you know the great difference maker? In other words, if you don't know for sure that you're saved today, the greatest difference that can ever be made in your life is to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I remember, thank God, the day that I heard the glorious gospel of Christ, that He went to the cross for my sins. He died for my sins. He rose again the third day. And I'm telling you, when I found out that if I would call on him, he would forgive me of my sins and he would save me, I did just that. And from my heart, I called on the Lord and asked the Lord to be my Savior. And I'm telling you, the difference he made in my life has been a difference that is still uh, changing me today. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And today, the way that you can be, uh, uh, the, the, the difference you can really make is if you'll let Jesus make that difference in your life. Well, I thank you for tuning in uh, tonight, and uh, I hope you'll tune in on Sunday, and we're working on, we're going to be probably be trying to get some more uh, podcasts. Be sure and go listen to the podcast. We've got others up there as well, but we're going to try to be doing some more videos uh, and things along the way for Epic and uh, for Church. So just uh, kind of stay tuned, pay attention to the church page, and we'll uh, talk to you all later. God bless you.